Welcome to the Lightseekers Lounge. I'm Annie Love and this is episode 106. This year in May marked seven years of living without our youngest son Nicholas who was four years old when he died. He would have turned 11 this year. It occurred to me recently that I haven't really talked about grief on the podcast at all this year. I realized that Ben and I didn't even discuss grief when we did the episode around our 20th wedding anniversary, which is interesting because it is an ever-present part of our relationship, but maybe not an obvious one. Perhaps you can read something into the absence of grief discussions this year, but maybe not. So today I just wanted to have a casual chat about what grief looks like for me in the seventh year. It'll possibly be a bit of an unstructured ramble, no guarantees. Welcome to the Grief Chat. Hello, fellow seeker of light, and welcome to the Light Seekers Lounge. I'm Annie Love, and I'm a certified coach for incredible humans who want to build wholehearted businesses. I help them master their mindset, create simple strategies, and take meaningful action towards their goals in a soul-nourishing way that honors their business, their family, and most importantly, themselves. I'm also a wife and a mom to three gorgeous boys. Our parenting journey has been well, a bit of a roller coaster. And while our family has navigated some pretty tumultuous times, I've learned just how important it is to keep seeking the light and the joy. Even in the midst of darkness, I believe that we can find light on the other side, even if the landscape is different to how we expected it to look. Here in the Light Seekers Lounge, we're going to share stories and conversations about how we create our best life, even when things feel hard. Thank you for being a light seeker with me. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's get on with the show. It occurred to me that I had pretty much no recollection of what we did for Nicholas's 11th birthday or the 7th anniversary of his death this year. So I had to look up my calendar and text messages and photos to remember. To be fair, it was a pretty tumultuous start to the year between buying a house in late November and then spending the first few months of 2023 preparing our house for sale, going to auction, moving house, settling on both properties. It was a lot. I've probably mentioned that a couple of times in podcasts this year. Settlement went through on our old house on the 11th of March and then the following weekend we went on to Melbourne to celebrate the wedding of Ben's brother and his beautiful new wife and Charlie turned 13 on the day of the wedding. We made the decision to fly home to Brisbane on the following Sunday afternoon, so the next day. And I remember feeling really tired and really grateful that we were going to wake up in our own beds on the Monday morning, which was Nicholas's birthday, the 20th of March. I always leave space for his birthday and anniversary to honour however I'm feeling on the day. And I'm glad I made space. I'm always glad I made make space. I probably took the boys to school and then came home and crawled back into bed. I do remember reading the magnificent book by Holly Ringland, The Seven Skins of Esther Wilding, which felt so beautifully poignant that week, talking about grief in the week of Nicholas's birthday. We probably went out for dinner, actually. I know we went out for dinner. 
uh, and had sushi that night and then sorbet afterwards as they were two of Nicholas's favourite foods and Sam especially usually insists on that menu on milestone days. I'm pretty sure the seventh anniversary in May passed without much fanfare. A few weeks prior, Ben and I had our first ever bout of COVID and were still feeling pretty weary. We had just had a long weekend in Brisbane and Ben was gearing up to head to London Business School later in that week. Months and months prior, I had bought a ticket to see Gabby Bernstein on stage in Brisbane City Hall on the 2nd of May, and I was very conscious when I bought those tickets that it was Nicholas's anniversary, and I guess I just made the decision that I wouldn't go if I was feeling up to it. Um, Sorry, side note for anyone who doesn't know who Gabby Bernstein is, she's an American spiritual teacher, author and speaker and I guess I feel like she has made the concepts of meditation and manifestation a bit more mainstream. She's been interviewed by Oprah as a, you know, thought leader and et cetera. So she was coming to give a I guess she was going to be on stage in Brisbane. Anyway, with no particular plans to mark the occasion of Nicholas's anniversary and with permission from my boys, I did end up going to see Gabby. I was glad I went. I enjoyed seeing her coach from the stage, um, but there was some there was some pretty heavy energy in the room that night. Some and it reminded me that some people are dealing with some pretty big battles. It made me feel extra grateful for all the many blessings in my life, especially the village who supports me on my harder days. I love that seven years on, we still receive so many beautiful messages from people who love and remember Nicholas alongside us. And so we made it through the seventh anniversary of Nicholas's death relatively unscathed this year. It's kind of hard to imagine what it would be like as an 11-year-old getting up into those higher years of primary school. Probably still quite cheeky, I'm guessing. There have been a few spontaneous visits to Nicholas's memorial garden this year, but in all honesty, we don't go often. It's quite peaceful out there and I do like sitting under the tree and watching the dragonflies buzz over the water while I have a chat to my little mate. My... um. My hairdresser actually is quite close to Nicholas's memorial garden, so he normally gets a visit when I have an appointment. I've had a lot of people ask me if it was hard um, to leave our previous house, given we went through so much in that house, and that was where Nicholas lived his whole life. Um, In all honesty, I don't think it was as hard as what I potentially expected it to be and I think that's perhaps we were all ready for a fresh start we were ready to be in a a bigger house to have more space Um, and you know I mean in some ways we were probably a little bit distracted by everything that had to get done in that intense period of time so but I think one of the reasons that it felt not as hard to move was because I'd let go of the trampoline the previous year. Well, actually, only just before um, we had we had bought our new house at late November 2022. Now, I'm not sure if I've ever told you the trampoline story, but 
earlier in 2022, we started having discussions about whether it was time to sell our trampoline as the boys weren't really using it anymore. It was a spring-free trampoline, so if you know if you know about spring-free trampolines, you'll know that they're pretty expensive, but I was really passionate about wanting one that stood the test of time. I have seen many, many trampolines in my time just fall apart in front of your eyes, um, you know, and see them in people's yards as an eyesore, and I just really wanted a good quality one that would last. And we bought it uh, when Nicholas was about two, so the boys were two, four, and six approximately. We had replaced the mat and the net a couple of years before we sold it, so it was in really good condition and I loved the idea of a new family getting to enjoy it. But it was also really hard to let it go. So there's one thing about having discussions about letting it go. There's one thing about deciding to put it onto Facebook Marketplace, but there's another thing altogether when it comes to actually letting it go. Um, That trampoline was such a big part of my kids' childhood. I have so many videos and photos of the boys playing on it and I have so many memories of moments spent enjoying it and not enjoying it, Um, like the time Sam lost his two front teeth suddenly on the knee of a friend when they collided but mostly good memories. It was a fun way to get in some physical therapy for Nicholas too, and he absolutely loved being on the trampoline with his big brothers. So probably around mid-2022, I finally put the trampoline up on Facebook Marketplace and started getting some interest. But whenever someone would reach out to me about purchasing or negotiating on the price, I would find reasons not to sell it. Eventually, months later, I sold it and someone came around to take it away. But I did make the boys have photos on it before it was gone and I'm pretty sure I cried at some point in those few days beforehand. It's funny how we can have such a sentimental attachment to a physical thing because it's not about the actual physical thing, is it? It's what it means to us. But I credit the sale and the letting go of the trampoline with the fact that once I had let go of that, it was easier to let go of the house because the memories were in us, not in the trampoline or the house. I had probably packed up Nicholas's belongings from his room about about a year after he died. I actually think I recorded a podcast about that. Maybe um, so back in episode 15, talking about what to do with the belongings of loved ones who die. So go and check that out if you want the fuller story. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So in the process of selling and packing up the house, I didn't have to go through all of his things, which I think was a godsend. But there were definitely memories that came up while we were decluttering and packing Essentially, I think that a little piece of our hearts will stay with the home that we raised our babies in for 14 years. But all the important things came with us to the new house. The photos, the books, the Nicholas wind chimes that hang from our big mango tree in our new backyard that sing in the wind. I really do feel like he's part of this house too. And even though he's not physically here, Gosh, Nicholas would have loved having a pool. He was such a water baby. 
Every now and again, I see a red dragonfly flying over the pool and it reminds me that he is close. Charlie started a conversation the other day about which bedroom Nicholas would have if he was here. So I know the boys think of him here too. I think Charlie was actually a little bit miffed when I said, oh, maybe he would have shared a room with you. (laughs) I haven't yet set up a proper space for Nicholas's altar and the special items that we used to have on display, but I'll get there. I'll get there, I promise. While grief hasn't really been front and centre this year, occasionally I'm reminded how close to the surface it lives. These days I find it pretty easy to talk about Nicholas and our family story without getting emotional, so I think it does surprise me in circumstances when the tears leak out when I'm sharing parts of our story. I was recording an interview with my friend Rowena on her raising up the podcast, and I don't think she has um, published that one yet, but I'll share that when she does. And when we got to the part about talking around our family story, it was really hard for me to contain the emotion. I was also asked to be part of a video for the annual fundraising lunch of an amazing organisation called Precious Wings in Brisbane. And I'm always a little bit blasé and happy to do it and like, yeah, sure, no problem, it'll be easy. But it really did bring up a lot of emotion for me during the filming and I was pretty exhausted afterwards. However, though exhausting, I also welcome the opportunity to talk about our gorgeous boy and in experiencing those emotions, be reminded that while the grief doesn't feel as big and heavy these days, he really is never far from our minds and our hearts. I also um, went to an event at Precious Wings this year in May for our um, for the Bereaved Mother's Day, which if you know, is the week before the official Mother's Day. Um, and it was really beautiful morning tea, quite a small group of women. And in some ways I felt like a bit of an imposter having, you know, been at the seven-year mark in my grief when so many women in the room were in really early days, like in those first few months uh, and years of their grief. And it was a bit of a reminder, I think, for me on uh, how far I've come, how different the grief feels these days at seven years than it did back then when it was really raw and it was really heavy and hard to hold. Um, so I was grateful to be in the room, to have an opportunity to share in that experience with these mums, but also probably to give them a little bit of a vision that things can look easier down the track. In terms of channeling my grief in practical ways, probably the main way I do that these days is through my involvement with the bereavement service of the Queensland Children's Hospital. I do some volunteer work uh, through the Consumer Advisory Group, plus I'm part of the organising committee for the hospital's annual remembrance ceremony, which is actually coming up in a couple of weekends in November. I'm also a mentor in the peer mentor program, supporting other families who've lost a child, and, and Ben does that as well. I've also done some paid work this year for the Children's Hospital, including creating a private podcast series for health professionals and how best to support and speak with families who are anticipating the death of their child. 
I like being able to share Nicholas's legacy of love in a positive way and use our grief in a positive way and hopefully make the lives of other people on this journey just a little bit easier. I know there are some amazing humans out there who are inspired by their child and the loss of their child to go out and run foundations and charities. But honestly, for me, I think that is just such a massive, ongoing, long-term undertaking while also managing our own grief. And I know that's not the path for me. I love the approach of my beautiful friend, Trish, who does regular fundraising events and activities inspired by her gorgeous son, Tom, and in doing so supports a number of existing charities that mean a lot to her, such as Hummingbird House, Brainchild Foundation, Red Kite, Camp Quality, and Cure for Brain Brain Cancer Foundation. So there's my little recap of what grief looks like for me in year seven since losing Nicholas. Hopefully you manage to follow my trains of thought, though a little windy at times. What I know to be true is that path, this path of grief isn't linear. So while the tidal waves have been pretty gentle this year, there is no telling what next year might look like. (laughs) I think my biggest piece of advice when talking to anybody experiencing grief is to make space for it. Allow it in. We don't serve anyone by denying our grief or trying to distract ourselves from it. It's okay to feel it all. And it actually does get easier to carry and to live around this Nicholas-shaped hole in our lives when we sit with the grief and acknowledge the emotions and allow them to be processed. If you have any questions around grief or is If there's anything you'd like me to talk more about in a future episode, whether it be grief or otherwise, please don't hesitate to reach out. I am all ears. Send me a DM on Instagram or come and join the Lightseekers Lounge Facebook group and chat to me in there. I would love to hear from you. Sending you so much love and I will chat to you again very soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Lightseekers Lounge podcast. I am so grateful to have you here. If you loved the show, it would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. I would love to continue the conversation with you. So come on over and join the Lightseekers Lounge Facebook group or come say hi to me on Instagram at annielove.coach. Talk to you soon.